0: I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. My guest is Keith Chamberlain, Director of Membership and Experience at the Healthcare Financial Management Association. Keith and I first connected at Digital Now's 20th anniversary conference, which is proof that you can do a very effective online virtual event. I was impressed with some of the data that I saw coming from Keith's chats, and I reached out and asked him to be my guest today. Welcome, Keith.
1: Well, thank you, Mary. Happy to be part of your ongoing podcast series.
0: I'm just uh, so excited to talk to you. You happened, uh, HFMA happened to be in a great position when the pandemic occurred because you had launched a new platform seven months ahead of COVID's appearances in America. And we're gonna talk about what that made possible, but let's, before we even get to some of those details, you had a three-pronged project that you were working on. One was a new business model. One was the new platform and technology, which I just referenced. And third was a realigned staff to support the new initiative. Let's just start there. Give us a little bit of a taste of what led your organization to that point. Sure
1: thing, sure thing. So what we did was use a very human-centered design thinking process to conduct a strategic planning process, which is pretty unique and not often done, but it was something that was charged by our, then at the time, our corporate senior vice president of strategy. And we worked with the board and... Really, like I said, did a design thinking process where we interviewed hundreds of members, took from those interviews themes, and from those themes, we focused on a variety of priorities. And those priorities led to, again, the three-prong process uh, to deliver what the members said we needed to do to continue to be relevant and a go-forward for them. So that's really what started the entire process.
0: So your new business model is now an all-access membership offering that includes a number of digitally delivered benefits that used to require a la carte purchases. And this, these benefits now are all online education, all certifications, new online community, and unlimited web content. So uh, and I know personalization was also introduced, but let's just talk about the all access membership. What was the thinking behind that?
1: Sure thing. The, the typical association model is you join, you pay your dues, and then you buy stuff for extra, and typically at a member discount. That's very, very common. And I'm sure all of your audience knows what that's all about. But when those themes came forth, as I shared before, uh, one of, one of them was about simplicity. And so we took the Netflix inspired model of you pay one price and you get everything Netflix chooses. You know, you you select what you want out of it. Of course, genres you care about, but the door is wide open, and you just come consume. So we took that inspiration with Netflix and created a membership that was very much the same way. So that therefore people could zoom in on online education that they wanted, the certification that was of meaning to them or value to them, the communities, as you mentioned, and, and certainly any of the content that's on on our website. So that was really sort of a driving thing. We used to call it the Netflix of associations as we were building it out.
0: So I'm just blown away by what you experienced as a, as a result. Within one year, you had a 36% growth in new individual members, and your retention improved by 4.5%. And, and that's just mind-boggling because we just don't regularly see that in associations. So what was the magic behind that and why do you think it resonated the way it did?
1: Well, the feedback we got from existing members, so I'll I'll address that one first. The existing members said, this is great. I now don't have to pay an extra bunch of hundreds of dollars for certification. You've, paid, you've upped the rate of course, because dues went up accordingly. It was a 27% increase in dues, but it encompassed everything. So folks said, now I don't have to go back to the budget line and ask for extra money for online education or continuing education so that simplicity again paid dividends in the long haul for that with the new members they didn't know any better if you will there was the price was the price so they came and saw a value based price with all this stuff in the basket and they came to the doors and said i'll take some so we marketed of course there was a lot of energy wrapped around digital marketing to put the word out there and that was a a, a same new energy that we started at the time. So we really leaned into uh, interactive digital response advertising and that brought a lot of new folks to our door. And again, the numbers speak for themselves.
0: What kind of pushback did you have on that 25% price increase?
1: (laughs) Ah, boy, where does one start, Mary, right? (laughs) The pushback there was, is basically came to a lot of internal discussions about where money now that used to reside in separate camps if you will, from the certification department because that used to be their revenue. And of course there was the education department and that was their revenue. And so internally, it was really about understanding it's all going into one bucket and avoiding the silo thinking because it really was about the entire, the entire spectrum of everything we offered as the association. And so that was a small little hurdle that we had to climb over, not too big. Uh, and the other one, of course, was was the the mindset because it was really like, "Wow, or we're going to be giving up money uh, and and what happens if they don't join? It was that unknown. so mm-hmm. so there was there was a few things internally about that. And of course, the board uh, we we walked them through everything very carefully. we we obviously we monitored it, and when we launched it, we were always ready. To go back if we had to. We kept everything in a sidebar in case we had to flip the technology back. So being prepared was a really important part of the process as well. Because if the backlash happened and we launched one price, 27% increase, and nobody joined, we would have to r- literally flip back the dial to version A. <laughs>
0: That's a great strategy, Keith. We just finished the manuscript for the tenth anniversary edition of Race for Relevance, and one of the things that we talk about is that as a strategy. And you know, we reference New Coke back in the '80s, when the Coca-Cola Company brought out a new formula of Coke, and the uproar was so great and so loud they ended up going back to the old recipe and calling it Coke Classic, and. It just goes to show that you don't necessarily have to stick with whatever you do forever. It can be a for now. And you also use the another concept, and that's the whole concept of experimentation. You said, let's give this a try. Let's get some feedback. But you had amazing numbers, and so it was worth it in your case. The thing about the 27% price increase that I'm so intrigued by is I have seen boards wrestle with as little as a $5 dues increase, and you'd think it was a $5 million dues increase the way they're they're (laughs) talking about it. But if you can match value to the increase, there's less pushback and generally less concern. And I actually believe that you should regularly be increasing dues because otherwise, if you wait for years and years and years, when it comes time to do an increase, that may be a large increase, which in fact can be harder to push through but you managed to do it because of the value and the convenience and in your case the simplicity factor that you know members were looking for
1: yes and and if i can touch on that briefly by the way i knew the vice president of marketing at coca cola at the time when all that happened when ah. they switched it out funny enough that you brought up that story but with us yes we've always incrementally raised dues year over year and our members are financial professionals so they understand that uh, the the thing that, as you were describing that, that I share is that when we looked at the combined total of someone who would take a membership and then buy one certification mm-hmm. without all the other stuff, online education, the cost was in excess of $700. So when you looked at the value of 435 the pricing of a new membership, oh, wow, you, yes, you raised the dues, but I'm still saving if I were to buy one membership and one certification. Wow. So the justification was easy because it was a lower net cost for buying the bundle, if you will, if you just bought it with the pay one price all access. So I just thought I'd share that.
0: Thank you. Uh, Your new tier gated content mechanism is delivering a consistent 8% conversion of new members. So talk a little bit about what that and that looks like.
1: Sure. When we launched the new platform and the new model, we created a guest level category. And a guest is basically something that most of our listeners would equate to the New York Times. You get a couple of articles, and after that, the gate goes up, and you have to pay to, you know, to continue to consume content. So we created a very similar mechanism, and, and with that, we're collecting hundreds and hundreds of emails and names every month and letting folks test, if you will, sip our content and the conversion of those hundreds and hundreds of emails has led to our best source of conversion of new members with an eight percent on average uh, of that of that figure so we've really leaned into the guest experience we've designed now a guest journey to help them convert and so it's become quite rewarding
0: and is that different then from the 30-day trial membership and if so how
1: it is. It is. The guests get a very limited uh, set of articles, up to five per month. Our trial membership, which we rolled out, is actually a full-blown 30-day free trial, 100% access to everything, excluding the print magazine, just due to timing. So that's the big difference. The, the 30 days is everything you want. All, you can take our certifications, you can get unlimited content, and all of that to really test run your membership.
0: And 54% of those who are doing the 30-day trial membership are activating a full membership after the trial, right?
1: That's correct. So,
0: so these numbers are just mind-boggling uh, to me. Keith, I'm, I'm so curious about your background. Do you come from an association background or do you come <laughs> from outside the association? <laughs> uh,
1: I'm what I call a hybrid professional. So I have been in and out of associations. Uh, I've worked for large the billion dollar market cap traded pharmaceutical companies and small entrepreneurial uh, healthcare companies that again, for profit. And I've also been in and out of a variety of healthcare associations in my career. So I keep trying to leave associations. I keep getting pulled back into them because the member, the member delivering on member benefits and, and improving a lot of members is really rewarding. So that's uh, so yes, yeah, so I'm a hybrid. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: So, you know, I love that. How much would you say your work outside of associations has helped inform what you're doing inside associations?
1: I would say tremendously it has been impactful because the the concept of applying rapid prototyping, testing, uh, price, price tinkering, if you will, whatever, all of that research and, and doing things differently, I think is something that you learn to do. I've tried to bring that, philosophical approach and, and to my association space when that happened. And as again, I've left and come back, left and come back. So I continue to try to apply it appropriately, knowing that an association has a variety of other things that are not uh, evident uh, in, in a for-profit business, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of transfer that you can bring in in terms of that entrepreneurial mindset. I call it intrapreneur. So I'm an intrapreneur. I brought in that entrepreneurial thinking inside the organization and try to make that go wherever we can.
0: Well, and that touches on uh, some work that I've done this year that I'm getting ready to share in 2021, which I'm very excited about. And that is some original research with Loyalty Research Center about innovation in associations Mm -hmm. and what makes it possible and what is serving as an obstacle. And I think what you've touched on there, and I'm seeing this more and more, the associations that really want to make leaps rather than slowly evolving their business model often are going outside the association arena. And so I think it's incumbent on association professionals to be pushing themselves individually and collectively to be asking what can we learn about innovators and what they're doing. And I think your results here just speak very well for the rewards that are waiting for those who are willing to do things a little bit differently. So, you know, your group was a new business model, the new platform and technology, and, you know, yay, you, uh, yay your organization for having that in place just seven weeks ahead of the pandemic. I mean, think about how it would have been so different. Seven Uh, months.
1: Yeah. We launched the new platform seven months before the pandemic. Oh, I apologize. Okay. No worries. No worries
0: all right, in the first seven weeks of the pandemic, here's what what I'm getting correct now, is the number of members successfully completing one of your certifications was up more than 600%. So the fact that you were already in process, that you already had everything, and presumably after seven months, you had the bugs worked out, but you were well situated then when COVID hit. Is that is that a fair statement?
1: Ab- absolutely, absolutely, Mary. Yeah. And and indeed, right, our the teamwork that was done to get to this place again was was huge amount of teamwork from all points, right? From not only membership, but our technology team, our customer service folks, literally all our operations team, education team and and yeah, we, we could never have forecast a COVID pandemic coming, but we were certainly well situated, as you described, to, to be able to deliver upon a fully digital experience when our members needed it most.
0: So it's ironic that simplicity was one of the things that your members told you they wanted, but there is nothing simple about a digital first mindset, is there?
1: No. <laughs> Very, very astute observation.
0: And you had a lot of moving parts, and you said the three-prong approach included a realigned staff to support the new initiative. Can you talk a little bit about what that looked like internally?
1: Sure, sure. In a nutshell, what we recognized, that there there was a variety of our our skill sets that needed to align differently for the new experience that was going to be manifested in that platform technology as well as the business model. So uh, there was a, a variety of IT technology professionals that we had to bring to bear that could help us enable this sort of Netflix model we talked about. And then internally in terms of our, our membership recruitment activities, we really focused the whole team around recruitment energy, which became very distinct activity from our retention and engagement groups. So again, different skill sets. The writers, even on our editorial team, we had to think and train and upskill some of that so that they're thinking about how you create content for fast quick consumption in a highly searchable, easy to navigate website is very different than the long tail article that you might read in a journal, in a peer-reviewed article, which are still valuable and we still produce. But there were, there's now executive summaries and a whole different series of tagging and other kinds of an editorial skill applications that have been done. So literally, again, as I said before, the whole team was impacted. That has carried on uh from from again the from the manifest of all the staff skill set as well so it it's it was a massive effort even digital badging right we introduced that as well and so that's a whole nother set of things you have to learn how to do that's different when you deliver things differently so and, and again we're 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 leaner and and more creative than ever before and and again I, I can't say these numbers held up after the pandemic struck. I want to be very clear too, Mary, with your listeners. So obviously the pandemic hit hospitals very hard. Those are our customers. So while our numbers are not meeting with the first 12 months of what happened, we're still ahead of where we were two years ago. And so that's encouraging because, of course, we took we took a, a radical shift in investment of our members because a lot of them lost their jobs with the pandemic and furloughs, et cetera, et cetera. So... Um, Anyway, I just want to make sure I share that too. So, Yeah,
0: Keith, thank you for your transparency on that. I think think there's a level of stiff upper lip and pride, frankly, that goes on with associations. And it's interesting to me that I'm hearing things privately uh, that, that some association professionals don't want to profess publicly. But I do think we have to be realistic about the impact on our organizations and how long a recovery might possibly take. I personally don't think it's gonna be a quick recovery. Um, but, but again, I go back to how well positioned you were, uh, rather than scrambling to do this after COVID hit, that it was uh, in, in, in progress long before COVID hit. Um, I, I wanna ask something about um, this, this whole idea of friction-free and an easy to use experience for your members. And can you uh, expound on friction-free because I think associations are highly friction uh, oriented and I don't think it's intentional. I think we're just not paying attention to it, but talk about what that looks like from your perspective.
1: I think for us, and maybe probably many of and what we were like before, so i don't want to I don't want to cast our net across all associations, but I've been in a few of them. So what happens is when you create experiences for members, a lot of times it's real easy to bolt on new applications. And when you bolt on those new applications, sometimes you're required to create a new login and a new password, even though you're accessing it through the portal of the association. So it was really important for us to create a single sign-on experience so that when you came into hfma.org, you can get to your member record and and not have to fuss with anything else except that one password, one login, and now you can from there renew, pay your dues, you can link across to the job board and search or post your resume without having to re-enter, re-key in things you can uh, customize your web experience so you can choose the subject matter that you're interested in by clicking a few keyword tabs in our uh, taxonomy and now you can get a personal custom web page delivered to you every morning on your website all of your magazine content all of everything that was residing in different buckets uh, registering for events all of that one place. So for for again, I, I keep pointing back to Netflix, Mary. You log in the one time, and you can kind of just get all of your business done from one space. So uh, we've eliminated so much of that separate sign on, separate password, uh, the clunky nature of things. From you know, you're getting your CE records for your continuing education, uh, and really have streamlined that. So the simplicity, I keep going back to that, was such an important theme. From our design thinking experience, making it easy to find and conduct business was their, one of their most important things. Because they always said, "You have great content. You got to have so much great stuff. We can't find it." So, so that's really at the core
0: of it. Shep Hyken has a book called The Convenience Revolution, and it's built all around this whole idea of making it a frictionless experience for members or or customers, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on if you're on the association side or not. And I know speaking for myself as a member of associations, there's nothing more frustrating than being frustrated when I'm looking for something or trying to access a member benefit or trying to find a member benefit. So I think this takeaway, even if, Uh, Our listeners don't do anything other than go log into their own website and see what the member experience is like that in and of itself, I think can be a guiding principle for uh, 2021 and beyond as they try to enhance and improve and make their work more meaningful and must have memberships rather than just nice to have memberships. And so I think that simplicity message is important. I think the whole idea of looking at business model, we're going to see more and more of that moving forward because of what COVID has done to associations. And the whole idea of realigning staff and uh, to support your initiatives, I think upskilling and reskilling are really essential going forward. I'm hearing from CEOs, they don't have the right staff skill sets. Uh, that they need on board. So there is lots of promise and lots of opportunity uh, for associations in 2021 uh, and beyond. And I'm really excited about that. As we wrap up with our, our last question here, I'm pretty sure, Keith, that you and your team are not just going to rest on your laurels and coast now. So what's next for you and your team?
1: Wow. So you're right. We definitely, this was a foundational platform to launch from and sort of the re the reimagined hfma and so what's what's going to be happening within a month is a brand new lms is going to come live here at the organization so again much more contemporary much more simple easy to navigate back to simplicity utility and that our it team has been working along of course with a whole lot of other folks across the organization to launch so that's been our biggest thing that's going to happen target date is by the end of january so uh, and of course, there's more, but I know we're running out of time. But yeah, this—we're not s- stopping still. We're not standing still. Let's call it that. So,
0: <laughs> well, Keith, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate learning from you. I'm excited about the work that you're doing. I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations today.